0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Clock Talk with Dr. Greg Bernan. I am Jim Baker, and today we're going to talk about testosterone and insulin-resistant levels. As always, it's a 15-minute segment, and doctor, you're good to go. So, first question, tell us a little about insulin, how it works in the body, and obviously, we're going to lead to diabetes. Let's talk about diabetes as well. Beautiful.
1: What got me on this was a paper I was reading. Actually, I have all here in front of me. These four papers. Here are the titles of these papers: Testosterone replacement therapy improves insulin resistance, glycemic control, visceral adiposity, fat, hypercholesteremia in men with low testosterone and type two diabetes. Another paper: Testosterone levels and the risk of diabetes in men: A systematic review and meta-analysis. Here's a great one: A study finds testosterone therapy can lead to remission remission of type 2 diabetes. And one of the best ones here is association between serum testosterone, insulin resistance, a longitudinal study. It looks like we're, we have, a, we actually have a, a, a chart up here on that. That reviews that whole study. So why I brought this up, Jim? We have talked about this years ago, you and I. We think testosterone. We think a couple things. The, the community does. Muscle, sex. That's it. You see the commercials on ESPN, you know, the wink whole bit, da, da, da. That is a minuscule effect of what this is all about. We're looking at wellness and health and right proper biochemistry. Let's not forget the only thing in these hormones, we're the only hormones that group that they say hey, is normal for your age. And I'm going to spend time today. I know I use it a lot as an analogy, but we're going to talk about diabetes today. We would never, ever, ever, ever say, we know that sugar, diabetes is a fasting blood sugar, roughly over 100, 110. We know that. That's data. And we'll go, over the, we'll go over all this equivalent of diabetes in a minute. If there's a brand new study with a million people in it and the average blood sugar is 300, we wouldn't say, well, let's change the definition of diabetes now because we can't have everybody being diabetic. Of course you wouldn't because you know about heart attack and blindness and Alzheimer's and dementia. We'd never change it. But with with testosterone, they've moved the goalpost the last 60 years. Uh, Travis, ended a great paper, shows the last five decades, every single year their starting point is lower and the pace in which it drops. Dropping testosterone because of your age is incorrect phrase. The age is not the variable. It's a time exposed to the chemical endocrine disruptors. That's what it is. So, Why I want to bring this topic up today is because we all can equate diabetes as sickness. Diabetes is a high blood sugar. But what does that mean? And that's what today's talk's all about. Great. So let's walk through the first slide. First slide is a review of the meta-analysis. This is the study, Jim. And this shows over who they looked at, all the charts they looked at. They looked at uh, 1,400 uh, participants 20 years ago, all the data, and how it all goes through. And this is the final minute in the study. So this is just the light of the study. But over here is what metabolic disorders type 2 diabetes are associated with low testosterone levels? And we'll go over that right now. Metabolic syndrome. So the whole relationship is what's relationship. So let's go back to a couple of things. There is these three-step chemical, making it simple, that makes gets to this mo- a, a molecule called melvonic acid. In fact, our branding is a gonane, and that's what the backbone of malonic acid is. And why I bring that up is... Acetyl-CoA, HMH-CoA becomes malvonic acid. Statins work there. So malvonic acid, I'm going to tell it's going to make three structures that it becomes, just to, as a summarize. It becomes a thing called isopentatol, which is our basis of our immune system. It becomes squalene, which becomes cholesterol. And cholesterol becomes estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, vitamin D. It becomes um, our brain, our heart, all these 50% of every cell membrane. And the big one's called, another thing is called dicholic acid. So interesting, the papers on statins are it does lower cholesterol, but also increases diabetes 32% overall. Why? That molecule, dicholic acid, becomes the actual receptor of insulin. It's part of the built up of the receptor site. What testosterone does, it makes insulin itself, the receptor site, much more sensitive to the insulin. Therefore, insulin can do its job. What is insulin's job? Insulin's job is to take glucose out of the bloodstream and into the cell. Glucagon is one that makes makes your body make insulin. Make, make glucose to put glucose in your cell because every cell needs energy source and glucose is a good energy source. It's not the best. Fat's the best. So that's why I bring up the science behind all that. So let's think what what is the complication of, of diabetes or insulin resistance? The biggest one, most people hear about is called, next slide please, is metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is five criteria that show an increased chance for diabetes. And again, so what are signs of having this? Number one is a waist, 40 inches for a man, 35 for a woman, regardless of height, because it's visceral fat. That's fat around the liver, fat around the pancreas, fat around the uh, the bowels, the omentum that's pushing outward, because that causes stress in the pancreas, the liver, so biochemically, it's messed up, plus more stress in that area. And what that does is that causes, besides just being fat, fat increases inflammation through the roof, which is free radicals, which causes, we'll go over that in a minute. Next thing is hypertriglycinemia high triglycerides. Triglycerides is a type of fat. What causes that? Eating triglycerides? No, eating sugar. Sugar increases the increase of triglycerides. Low sugar drops that. That's why keto diet drops that. Next thing, it decreases, I don't like the phrase good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, but HDL being high has been shown to be protective because that's the one that scavengers for other, when a cholesterol molecule has an extra electron on it, it's called oxidized, that's the one that causes complications, not cholesterol in general, okay? In fact, our liver makes between two and 4,000 milligrams of cholesterol every day. Without cholesterol, we're not alive. Next thing is high blood pressure. Why? Because the, the endothelial lining of the capillaries become inflamed. Inflame causes pressure. Estrogen, testosterone caused estrogen. Estrogen actually causes vasodilatation and relaxing the blood pressure. And the last one is high fasting glucose. So that is the precursor to diabetic. It was very interesting. If you look back before 1977, before the food pyramid, Americans ate three meals a day. They eat a high protein, high saturated fat diet, and um, we didn't have nearly a diabetes. There's a paper, there's a book called The F- 100 Year Live at the FDA. Diabetes was 0.1% of Americans. Now, roughly 80% of Americans are overweight, a third are obese. We changed from eating a high fat, high animal diet, high eggs, high cheese, high dairy, to this whole idea of low fat, high um, carbohydrate, and we increase Alzheimer's. Diabetes, metabolic syndrome, inflammation, all these have happened because we changed our diet.
0: And ultimately, all that, that type of diet just simply converts, It just bombarding your body with sugar. Right. And the sugar, the problem with the sugar is this, get
1: insulin, takes glucose. Its job is to push glucose into a cell. One glucose molecule will then line up. That's called glycogen. Glycogen lines up in the cell. It gets stayed mainly in your muscle and in your liver. So it's a store. It's a reserve. It's fantastic to have. But when you get about three, four days of glycogen put away, your body can't make any more. The, uh, um, Jason Funk talks about it actually will kill the cell. It will actually kill the cell. So what it is, your body will convert the extra glycogen, now glycogen, glucose, those molecules, into fat. That's the kind of fat that gets stored viscerally. That's the problem because you, your body's storing the – we talked about it before, brown fat and white fat. We talk about the, the, the brown fat is the energy fat. The white fat is the stored fat that is not used for energy first until it converts. So that's what happens with it. Your body's just storing it. And your body's very, very smart. If you have sugar floating around, even though one glucose molecule gives you two ATPs, or energy source, it will use it. It's floating around. It takes a little more work to get to the fat molecule. But a fat molecule would give you 100 ATPs. So therefore, intermittent fasting, the metformins, the uh, keto diet, the restrictive diet, all those do one thing, Jim, is they turn on what's called AMPK, which is the master switch to stop making things and then start burning the stored fat, burning that first because your body knows that more efficient. There's a great book I read um, Called Primal Blueprint years ago by Mark Sixon. He talks in his book, talks about that roughly about three weeks. For, you need about a week to get rid of all your glycogen. Yes, you get the headache, you feel fluy, you hate it. But your body's gonna be fat adaptable. And then once that's done, your body goes, whoa, 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 I got more energy. And then you start burning fat. So what you want your body to be is to be malleable. Burn sugar when it's around when you need it. Burned fat is a primary source. In fact, your body actually makes a byproduct called ketones. This is a fat byproduct. It's actually used for energy as well. The brain loves it. So it's important to understand why I'm bringing all this energy source stuff. because having a malfunctional hormone system makes these diseases occur. Now, how do you turn on AMPK? How do you turn these things out? Well, that's what the these Papers talk about. Testosterone actually affects all of these to a betterment. Burns fat. Uh, it, gets, it uses burns fat as an energy source. It will uh, build, build. it's called catabolic and build stuff. It will, but it needs energy for that, so you burn fat to build that. Again, making this receptor more, more um, sensitive to the insulin itself. So this is interesting, getting your hormones metabolically healthy, reversed diabetes. That's insane. Probably the number one killer in America is obesity, right? When you add all of the disease processes.
0: let's talk a little bit about the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes obviously we're focusing a lot on type 2 right now and then also you know when i think it's more on type 1 but i could be wrong where you know you see a kid who has type 1 he has to have a candy bar with him in case he crashes so it looks to me that the body does somehow there's not getting enough sugar you know into the, the system so let's talk about that a little bit yeah
1: jason fung wrote a book called diabetes code he's a nephrologist number one cause of kidney failure is in North America is, um, kidney, is diabetes. And in his book, he talks about teaching people how to eat is very, very difficult. But if you teach them when to eat, it's very, very important. Because the call goes to, to decrease these when you eat. Because every time you eat, every time you eat, you make insulin 30 minutes later for 90 minutes. And the, the culprit is insulin. So if you eat insulin in a short time, you get your calories, you get your nutrition, but you don't make it more. And interestingly, if you eat in a meal, say a meat, a vegetable, and a rice, we'll call that. If you eat it rice first, your blood sugar is double if you eat broccoli first. Okay, so back to your idea of what this is. Type one diabetes means your pancreas, called the beta-Langerhal cells, makes no insulin. So you need insulin, that's what it is. So the shots, the, the pump, the kid is, has more chance of being over-treated and causing hypoglycemia. That's why the candy bars are available. I've seen people basically in a hypoglycemic coma, and you literally pump in an IV of high-dextrose sugar, and literally within seconds, wake up. That's how important it is. Type two diabetes is you have plenty of insulin, but it's, the cells are resistant. Okay, and he and 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 this is very interesting. How Jason made it very clear. Let's think about this. We treat type 2 just like type 1. Type 1 makes no insulin, we give insulin. Type 2 makes too much insulin, we give more insulin, and it stops working. No, we have to redo the metabolic, we have to change the metabolic. We have to lower the cell, the blood sugar's level, so the cell actually would need it. So that's what's very important, is to understand the processes are totally separately different. So that's what we have to talk about.
0: And now we have type 3 diabetes? That's called Alzheimer's disease. Think about that.
1: Every, not everybody. Most people heard about hemoglobin A1C. And real quick, there's a study given men with diabetes, uh, type 2 diabetes, testosterone, and their hemoglobin A1C over a three-month period, get this, dropped 17.4%. You see some of these... these um, commercials for medication for diabetes they brag about a two three point drop 17.4 percent. that's a side note so when you have extra glucose molecules it's very sticky it will stick to things one is being a red blood cell so that's how you measure hemoglobin once anything over 5.4 is too high it also sticks to neurons sticks everywhere when it sticks to the neurons, it actually changes the structure of the neuron. Those are the tangles. That's part of it, is hypoglycemia causing the structure, inflammation in the brain, causing your cytokines, your immune system to attack the neurons. So that sticks. We'll call it glucose sticking is one. The fructose molecule, which is five carbons, not six, glucose has six. That one, Jim, is 700% more sticky than glucose. That's the cause of non alcoholic liver failure, increased dementia, because fructose, and now you have high corn a high fructose corn syrup is poison. 90% of our food was not here 90 years ago, and 90% of our diseases aren't here. So we got to get back to eating basically right the right things, and then our hormones balances and we got to fix the hormone balance in the environment. Then your body could actually do its function called homostasis and keep our blood sugars proper. Insulin's crucial, without it, we're not alive, but not too much. That's the key, is and I believe the food pyramid going from roughly 100 grams of carbohydrates a day to four to 600 carbohydrates is is the crucial part that did all this. But what I love that this paper is, again, we're giving testosterone. It doesn't just help muscles and libido. It's helping at the cellular level decrease the because again, the side effects of diabetes, dementia, um, high blood sugar, high uh, the bad lipids. It's improving all that. The big thing it does. It decreases
0: inflammation, which is the root cause of every syndrome. Is traditional medicine treating diabetics with testosterone now? No. And that's the thing, Jim. I kept a I'm going to over the time today.
1: Mainstream medicine looks at things in isolation. The future of medicine has got to be nothing's in isolation. And look at the whole system itself. That's the key.
0: As always, right on time. Thank you, Dr. Brennan. Thank you.